Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Well, good morning again. Let's start with a story. I jumped off the trailer, adjusted the large bucket-shaped bag over my shoulder and joined my team, tramping across the fields in the early, harsh morning sunlight. The sky was light and the sun was already hot. At 5am, we knew the day ahead of us was going to be stifling. By midday, it would be too hot to work, so we needed to start at daybreak to be as productive as we could. The fruit was almost ripe, and we couldn't waste any time. As I walked up to the closest tree in the row that was being worked that day, I was frustrated to see that I was held back from the others in the team who had been pickers for a few weeks already. This was my first day out in the fields, and apparently I needed to be taught how to pick. Not being the most patient person by nature, I had already decided there was nothing to learn about picking fruit, and I bit my tongue not to tell the foreman I already knew what he was going to tell me, as he lifted the lowest branch to show me the ripening apricots underneath. Well, that morning I learned I did not know as much as I thought I did. Picking apricots that will go on to be sold across the world is a whole different lesson from picking apples off my granddad's trees on the farm. And I most certainly did not know it all already. I needed to learn how to lift the fruit gently and tickle it from its stalk. I needed to learn to judge by sight when the apricots were ready, which is more of a challenge than you think when they all look similar in the light. We could only pick the ones that were a certain colour, and they were all facing the sun. I needed to learn how to rapidly move my fingers so I could fit one, two, three apricots into my hand before very carefully placing them into my bucket bag. And when I had a single row along the bottom of the bag, I needed to very carefully come back down my ladder without jiggling the fruit and take it over to the crates on the trailer to unload it without bruising. Despite my confidence I'd got it all worked out after a day or two, the foreman had to tell me many times to speed up my picking whilst slowing down the process. So we come this morning to think about discipleship, the journey of learning that we embark on with Jesus when we commit our lives to him. Like many analogies, mine is limited, but those few months I spent working on the kibbutz in Israel taught me something that I think is a good reminder for us this morning as we come to look at discipleship. You see, discipleship's a little bit like apprenticeship. It's like learning on the job. 
Like me following the foreman round the trees, an apprentice follows, watches, and listens to someone in order to learn what that person does and act in the same way. Jesus called us as his followers to be disciples. And as we've seen, this word disciple means learner, a learner from a teacher. As disciples, we all seek to learn how to become more like our master, who is Jesus, by studying his life and by modeling our lives on his kingdom values. Discipleship is about a lesson in learning, but unlike my lessons in picking fruit, which actually were quite quickly learnt, our journey of learning is not something that finishes, but something that goes on through our lives. So as we look at discipleship today, I'd like us to think about it in two ways. It's something that is lifelong, and it's something that's for the whole of our lives. Now, the eagle-eared among you will have noticed we haven't had our Bible reading, and we're about to. Uh, The reading is taken from a letter from Paul to the church in Colossae. Now, Paul cared deeply that all of his readers, including us today, as well as those Colossians 2,000 years ago, understood the context of their lives within God's story and what it looks like within their relationships and their day-to-day activities. And through reading the words of this prayer that Samuel's about to read us, they learned about God's desires for them and how to shape the way they lived accordingly. So let's just pray it together now before we hear the reading and ask God to hear these words from the Bible to help us grow in our learning this morning. Father, thank you that we can learn as much from the Bible today as those first Colossians who received the letter 2,000 years ago. Help our hearts to be open to learn from you this morning. Amen. Samuel, please come and read to us. reading is taken from Colossians, chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. So 
So let's firstly look at this idea of being a lifelong learner, which comes through in the first part of our reading. If we want to be disciples learning from Jesus, part of this is knowing how Jesus wants us to act. So if you look at verse 9 in your Bibles, Paul prays for believers to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Trying to know God's will for our lives can send us into a tailspin at times. We worry that we may get something wrong that he wants for us. Or we worry that we may have missed a turning in life and it's meant we've messed up ever since. But I think seeking to know God's will is seeking to know more about the character of God through what we see of him in the Bible. And then to act in line with the sort of things that we see to be consistent with God with radical love, with consistent faithfulness. And these are, these are character traits which are rare in our society now. With compassionate kindness, demonstrating a determination to side with the poor. This pursuit of the knowledge of God's will is lifelong. It says we continually ask. It means day after day. It doesn't ever stop. How can we have the energy to keep going as we go through some of our hard seasons if we don't keep returning to the source? Verse 9 tells us that our source is the Holy Spirit who fills us with wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding are not something that come as a quick fix or something that's picked up rapidly like my apricots. They're characteristics that grow during a lifelong journey and we don't stop learning until we go to be with Jesus when we die. In the church I went to when I was younger, there was a woman who was deeply loved by the whole church, in part because of her wisdom and her understanding in how to handle situations. She was a lady who was incredibly humble and full of joy despite life giving her some hard knocks. What I'll always remember about her is that when she was in her late 70s, there was an appeal at church one Sunday for volunteers to join the team of street pastors, basically a team of people heading out to the less salubrious parts of town late at night to show Jesus' love to people who might be out on the streets for various reasons. Undeterred by her age or by her frailty, Auntie Pat joined the street pastor team. Every Saturday night, she went on patrol outside nightclubs into the wee hours of the morning, armed with flip-flops for girls who could no longer walk in their high heels, or with water for people who were now dehydrated. She didn't miss getting to church a few hours later either, but she still came, her face wreathed in smiles and peace. Once when she talked to me about her role, she said, the poor things, they just need a chat and a hug. What really struck me and what I still hold on to is that she did not dismiss herself as being past all that and she did not dismiss the people leaving the clubs as being undeserving. She saw something she could do and despite her age, her heart still soft with compassion, she went and did it. What an inspiration. That, for me, was someone who showed wisdom and understanding on a lifelong level and in a way that modelled exactly what Jesus 
would want us to do. In the same way, we continue to learn throughout our lives with our eyes on our teacher Jesus and our experiences help us to grow wiser. So let's pray for soft hearts that don't settle into rigidity. Wisdom and understanding result from a deep longing to align what we learn about God with what we're living through in each season of our life. And these spirit-given gifts are both lifelong characteristics. Before we move on, let's take a moment to reflect. Have I come to a standstill on my journey of discipleship? Is my heart still soft and pliable before God so that he can continue to use me and teach me? Or am I still living a faith I learned a long time ago without allowing God to continue to mould me and teach me to mature throughout my life? So the first part, discipleship, is lifelong. Let's think now about how this apprenticeship works through every area of our, our life to be whole life. In verse 10, it says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of the Lord and being strengthened with all power. So is this apprenticeship something we only do on Sundays? Not at all. Look at the word every in this verse. In every way, in every good work. This is not something we only dip into. Our learning is something to be carried out in every area of our lives. So what does whole life discipleship mean for us as 21st century believers with a life that means a couple of hours in church each week and then 167 hours outside church during the rest of our week? We heard Ruth telling us earlier about what she'll be doing this time tomorrow. And it's really important for us as a church family that we know who Ruth is when she leaves church on Sundays is just as important as who she is sitting in the pew with her family. She comes to church to be built up and encouraged and reminded of Jesus' lordship so that it flows over into the rest of her week. She goes into her week with the Holy Spirit giving her nudges of encouragement through the day and ideas of how she can show God's love as she does her work, peace and comfort as she faces deeply challenging situations, ideas for how to share God's love when she gets home and puts on her mum and her wife and her friend hat. In each situation, she seeks to produce good fruit that honours and pleases God. If we compartmentalise our lives into our Christian life and our non-Christian life or everything outside our Christian activity, then what can happen is that our Christian life shrinks. It becomes like something huddled in the corner. And this kind of shrunken Christian life when so much of my existence is untouched by Jesus is not big enough for God to work with. 
God did not come to earth just to be a diary entry in our lives or a box we tick. Jesus came as a human so we could become more fully human. And that detail's important. He modeled a whole life, not discipleship because he wasn't learning from anyone. He modeled a whole life thing that affected every part of his humanity. So discipleship means everything we do, our whole life, is part of our walk with Jesus. Look at the description in verse 10, bearing fruit in every good work. If discipleship is a whole life thing, then it spans both what we do and who we are. As we heard in Claire's talk on service a couple of weeks back, lives that demonstrate God's love to others through serving what we do, are not only something that work within the church to make it a loving, supportive family, but are also a powerful witness of the love of Jesus to our community as we go into the rest of our week. But bearing fruit in every good work doesn't just mean acts of service. It also comes from who we are, as the Holy Spirit works within our lives to grow fruit, love, joy, peace, and the other fruit of the Spirit. As we spend time growing in the knowledge of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit is nurtured and starts to grow. So what might this whole life discipleship look like for us as a church? Let's consider two ways in which we live out our discipleship through learning together here at Emmanuel. First of all, let's think about our relationships with each other as fellow believers. We touched on this in our service on fellowship recently, but it's worth repeating because it's so vital. We do this journey of discipleship together. It's really important to be reminded, especially as we come out of a period of enforced isolation, that Christianity is not something to be done in isolation in normal times, but in relationship with others. Particularly in a large church like this one, finding a smaller group is an invaluable part of coming to know Jesus in a deeper way. Not only are we shaped as believers through deeper relationships with each other, But as we discuss what we're learning on our journey of faith, for example, our home groups, which look back at what's been taught on Sundays, our eyes are turned back towards what grounds us as believers. And our faith is strengthened as we go out into the world outside. Many of us can testify to the powerful encouragement of a small group that helps us to not only grow in our knowledge of God, but also to mature in our faith. We can walk alongside each other in other ways, of course. You could ask a couple of friends to join with you in prayer to make a prayer triplet, or you could seek out a more mature believer than you and ask them to help you with questions you might struggle with. This is another way of apprenticeship which can teach us so much. I've learned much from strong Christian friends (coughs) sorry, who've walked with me, sharpened me, encouraged me and mentored me over the years. Jesus uses other people to build us up.
Another way in which God uses our relationships is by knowing each other's stories. Listening to what makes each other tick and what makes us buzz in the day-to-day, what our history and life story is, are more important than we realize. Our whole life stories are significant to who we are and to help us deepen in relationship with one another. The seemingly small conversations and encouragements we have with each other, maybe after church or through the week, are not about just being nice to each other, but they're ongoing reminders that we're together. We're together as a team when we're gathered, a team, a family, and we're supported when we go out from here into the rest of our week. We have a role in helping to support each other and help each other grow as whole life disciples. So, God uses relationships with other people to help us learn and be built up. Secondly, let's think about what happens when we come together on Sundays. This might not seem like it fits under a whole life heading if it feels separate from the rest of our week, but let's just stop and think about what we do when we step through those doors or when we tune in online. If discipleship's about the whole of life and most of our life doesn't happen in here, then what's the point of going to church on Sundays? Well, when we come to church and we start to invest in relationships with other believers, for example, through a small group or being part of a church team, getting to know each other more, then we start to grow. The Bible tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. As we live alongside each other as believers, we'll very quickly remember that we are all quite different from each other. As well as the joys of fellowship, there will be opportunities to practice forgiveness and let go of grudges, to demonstrate humility as we learn how hard it is to be a servant when we'd rather be noticed and acclaimed. But these opportunities to let the Spirit grow His fruit in us as we relate to others are not just meant to be kept privately within church or our small groups when we have a personality switch, maybe, as we step outside the door into the rest of our week. In the same way as the fruit of the Spirit starts to grow our lives in church, we will also find God gives us opportunities to show the same fruits, to grow the same fruits in the world outside church. Our time in church on Sundays is where we're encouraged in our faith and built up in knowledge as we listen to teaching. It's one of the places where we learn what it means to be a disciple. But it's also where we're equipped for the rest of our week through the lessons that are learnt for the whole of our lives, not just for sitting in church. So as a church that is growing in discipleship, We learn from being in relationship with each other, and we learn from coming together. Let's just pause and reflect again before finishing. Am I investing in my relationships with those I go to church with by taking time to listen to other people's stories? How might I become more intentional in doing that? How might thinking about coming together as a church being something that equips me for my week 
change how I see our gathered activities. We've looked at several ways over the past five weeks in which God helps us to keep our balance. There are also ways in which we can go on and live out what we learn. Through worship, we bring our focus back onto him and we then go out into our week reminded of the lordship of Jesus. By praying together, we connect and communicate with him. We then go out into our week strengthened and affirmed by the Spirit's peace filling us and by his provision of wisdom and understanding. By having fellowship with each other as believers, we connect with each other in our journey of faith. We then go out into a more scattered setting with the encouragement of our brothers and sisters in here to lean on. Through serving, we follow our master's example and show his love in a way that seems radical in a world that's individualistic and self-seeking. And by remembering that we are channels that God works through, we look for ways in which to practice outreach or reaching out to others with news of the hope that we've found in Jesus. These are all ways in which, as apprentices, we grow in our learning and live out what we're learning. We haven't done anything to earn a place on this apprenticeship program. We become apprentices of Jesus through his grace. And the Bible promises us that he who began this work of grace in us by reaching out to us at the start of our journey will bring it to completion by the same grace, delighting to share our life journey with us right to the end if we'll let him. So as we finish, let's be encouraged. We do not have to do this on our own. We have God's spirit within us, the Holy Spirit, faithfully strengthening us with his power when we ask him for it, as it says in verse 11, so that we have great endurance and patience the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Let's just finish and pray now together. Our Father and our God, we want to give you joyful thanks because we don't do this journey of discipleship alone. We thank you that, as it says in the Bible, we have an inheritance in the kingdom of light. And we praise you that you've rescued us from the darkness of a world without you. We long to share this with those who don't know you. And we ask you to help us learn how to do this in a way that means our whole lives belong to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.